Chaos of Conversation on the NFL portion of the show. Once again with you, our, our boy, Sean Coleman. What's going on, babe? Not much. How are you, sir? Well, I'm. this morning I woke up and I'm just like, I looked at my tickets. Nice to dabble in those tickets. And I said, you know what? I heard some convincing stuff from my boy, Sean, last week. And I'm not sure, even though, you know what's interesting is that last year you told me how much you thought about who as a potential head coach in the NFL. Who did you like the most coming out of that group who got hired? Uh, oh, um, uh, Mike uh, Mike McDaniel? Yeah, from uh, from the uh, Dolphins, yeah. You, you liked him a lot? And you liked Brian Dable. I, I, did, I did like Brian Dable as well. We're going to yeah. stick with Mike McDaniel, though, if you want me to be able to stay on this show. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's travel there. Let's why not? Because Mike McDaniel, you know what? He outcoached Bill Belichick this weekend. He did. But the thing about it is, is that we're starting to see that, that you know, that's happening a bit more than you mm. might expect. But yes. Uh, yeah. Impressive, impressive stuff from, from McDaniel. And, you know, the Dolphins, they, they dealt with, you know, some stuff. Uh, first off, uh, before we even get into this, certainly hope everybody's good. I don't know if anybody, I'm sure people have seen it on Twitter or social media, the unfortunate accident with the car grill. Hope anybody and everybody affected by that are good. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins organization has definitely um, had a, a rougher um, preseason than most with the loss of a longtime executive. Uh, but to, uh, saying all that to say, um, the Dolphins looked well prepared. Um, they they yes. didn't amaze. They, they they didn't you know just you know they they weren't the best team of the week. But we just talked about it in college football. This Dolphins team, unlike other Dolphins teams in the past, the preparation is there. Yes, they have star talent to be able to make it work. But they look like a team that is not going to beat themselves. And you know, Tua didn't have to do anything outstanding. Um, he just, you know, it seemed like everybody did exactly what they needed to do. Tua was 23 of 33, 270 yards. Um, not really the running performance that you would think, but they spread it out. What was it? Nine different receivers caught a pass mm. uh, for the uh, for the Dolphins. So just an overall balanced approach, and it wound up working in the end. And the big thing also is this, is that if I'm correct, the Patriots, did they have a sack at all? Mm, I think they had uh, one. Yeah, they, 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 had several, actually. They, yeah. they had several, actually, so I couldn't remember. But point is, is that the Dolphins just look like the more complete team, um, and that's definitely something that you would not expect, a huge opening win for them. thought so as well. And the Brady-Belichick debate still continues. And if the Patriots don't win another division title, and we'll shout out to our boy Pat Lane about that, the discussion needs to continue. And then also, the, it, what is the Patriot way right now? Going to Miami and losing every year. Yeah, it's a it's a valid point. Um, The Patriot way is simply this: is that um, we talk about the fact that during the Brady Belichick era, we want to talk about who was the more valuable, and I think both of them are equally. We talk about the fact that the Patriots really didn't need to benefit from just pure offensive stars to pair with Brady. Yes, they had them. They had the Corey Dillons. They had, you know, the Randy Mosses, what have you. Um, But again, I go back to the same thing that I talk with Pat about. Where is your difference maker on this Patriots offense? Where is your difference maker on this Patriots defense? They've, They've got some intriguing talents, but there's not just a pure top guy on either side of the football for the Patriots. Mac Jones is not that difference maker. They don't have a difference-making pass catcher. They don't have an all-pro running back. Where's the difference maker? 
And that's what stands out. That's what got in their way yesterday. They didn't have a go-to option to really make sense. So my point is, is that Bill Belichick, thinking that he's just going to build through the draft, he's going to maximize the talent of all these guys and eventually mm-hmm. win, just doesn't seem to be the case anymore. They've got to land some difference makers, and it may take a few seasons for them to get there. Yeah. Tua, this needs to be fine. I think it's one of the better defensive coaching jobs he's going to see. Belichick does a lot to confuse you. He doesn't come across as a Super Bowl quarterback, not like, you know, the person on the Northeast and maybe the best player in football right now, Josh Allen. But Correct. he has so many weapons, so we're not even sure. Like, what is that all going to mean? Just don't make mistakes. Don't be yeah. yourself. Distribute the football. That's the big thing that stands out. 270 yards on only 33 passing attempts, one touchdown, nine different receivers caught the pass. The, the most of the Dolphins player caught yesterday was four passes. But between the eight passes that Waddle and Tyreek Hill caught, you're looking at over 160 yards worth of production. So that was nearly 20 yards per catch for those two players combined. So the point that I'm getting at is is that while you're distributing all over the place, when you go to your best talents, they're moving the ball down the field. That's exactly the balance and flow you want to have, especially when you're running games on offering lunch. Sean, I opened up the paper, and what if I told you, and say we worked in the same office together, and I said, Joe Flacco threw for 59 times in the first day, first game of the NFL season. What would you say the result of that game would be? I would be thinking, what did the coach have to drink the night before? That's that's exactly what I would be thinking. Or, or, I would be thinking, man, did he play the Ravens to prove that he still had it? Hey, that may exactly be what we thought. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it just it, it it didn't seem like that the Jets were really going with anything other than just hoping and praying that something would occur. Uh, the Jets were there. I know that Robert Sella has come out, you know said that he's keeping track of all the negative things that are said about the Jets. He's just He just needs to hush and, uh, and, and, and make it happen. And what I, say, what I mean by hush is that you're, you're not accomplishing anything, in my opinion, by, by acknowledging the negative stuff that's out there. That's, that's just the simple truth. What you need to acknowledge is that there's, this is a season the Jets continue to be one of the lacking stocks of the NFL because there's not any improvement. There's there's the same thing year in and year out where people look at the Jets and expect for them to invent new ways of losing instead of showing progression. That has to change. So instead of worrying about what everybody else is saying, focus on consistency and getting better. There's some talent in that locker room, yes. especially with the fact that when you look at the advanced stats, Jets, receivers, Mitchell and Moore and Davis, they were getting open. Once Zach Wilson comes back, can he show, will that separation for the receivers allow for him to gain maturity? That's the big thing that Sella needs and his staff need to focus on instead of what everybody else is saying. I agree. I agree. Let's move over to the AFC North. Joe Burrow, four picks. Why is he not being blasted more, losing that home game? To a division Be, rival, uh, well, in in my opinion, it, it, it's because of the fact that that's kind of Burrow, right? You know, it, mm. you're, the reason that you're not necessarily blasting him is because I think Burrow may be a streaky player. I, I definitely think that he may be more of a streaky type guy than you may like to admit. You know, people think that coming from his LSU season to what he showed last year, you know. 
this year he potentially was going to start working his way into the Mahomes, Allen, Herbert uh, yeah. stratosphere when it comes to quarterback. And he may play to that level. He, he, he certainly did at times last year. But he may have a bit more streakiness in him than you see. He, You may see him play a first half like he did, then come out and kick ass in the second half, though it wasn't enough. But one of the reasons why you also are giving him the benefit of the doubt, you're not going to let one game, in my opinion, overcome what he did in last year's playoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, really showed that he can make the difference in the playoffs. Burrow, to me, seems to be a guy that you just deal with the streakiness, but just give him, give him the chance. Get him there on the big stage, and you're and he's shown time and time again he definitely can be Joe Broadway. He can get the job done when it's needed most. I think I love his demeanor. Like I said, I think he may oh, yeah. be the, one of the most mentally tough quarterbacks that we have. He's been through a whole lot. One of the most entertaining personalities as well. Yeah, it, it rattled, but like I think he gets mad at his line, but you don't think he's really mad at him. But then he makes a game-winning uh, pass for a touchdown. Just like all right, it's good. I didn't play great. Maybe just thought the game was over. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with him. And then at the same time, like, buddy, what in the world were you thinking? But then also, Mika Fitzpatrick, really, really good. And yeah. TJ Watt, really, really good. K. Mabert, really, really good. Yeah. So, you know, that's – and Mike Tomlin in openers as an underdog, this is what he does, 70, yep. 70% of the time, gets a dub, and he also – had this game circled because I can't remember the last time the Bengals swept the Steelers uh, yeah. in, in the season, and they remember that, and they came through. Uh, a wonky, crazy game for sure, uh, but it was what it was. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else the to Browns. say. It's not even Jacoby. I mean, it's just Nick Chubb. I, I got a text uh, yeah. from one of our colleagues. Uh, Larry Hammond thinks uh, Nick Chubb is going to be the offensive player of the year. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, you know, Nick Chubb, I think that natural talent-wise, you, you've got three backs that are similar to each other there in the uh, the AFC. You've got Henry, you've got Chubb, you've got Taylor. I still think Chubb's probably the third most talented back out of those three, but it may work out. Now, I, I think that, you know, potentially, you know, I hyped up the Panthers' defense before the season. They didn't do yeah. much to support that yesterday. Um, I don't necessarily know if you're going to see – Chubb continue to do that without there being something to balance out. If defenses really start to focus on him, you know, what do the Browns do? But also, they're playing the Jets next week. So the Browns could be 2-0. Don't sleep on Kareem Hunt, who I believe had the first two scores of yesterday's Indeed. game. Or at least, mm-hmm. Yeah. My point is, is that don't sleep on Kareem Hunt. If you want Chubb to do the heavy lifting, that's perfectly fine. But the one thing the Browns do have the advantage of is they legitimately can boast the best one-two combination in the league when it comes to running backs, and they're going to have to utilize that to support Brissett. Kareem Hunt's got some big playability to support the ground and pound of Nick Chubb. So their formula for winning, time of possession, keeping the ball away from the other team. They've got a talented defense. Cleveland could stay in the playoff picture a bit longer than people may think, especially if they start out 2-0. Don't want to be a week one overreaction, but just if they are a game below or at 500 with the nasty man coming back, they're really built the right way to yeah. do some damage in the in January and maybe play in February. I would not. I mean, if this, depending on how Deshaun, we're just projecting that he's a version of his old self. I think 75% of Deshaun Watson is better than 100% of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, 
They're good. They're really they, good. They are. I don't know if they have the passing weapons as of right now to really make it happen. I know Amari okay. Cooper's the best that they've had in a while. But I do agree with you. You know, I, I definitely, especially if they start off two and zero, if they wins the if they win the games that they should, getting Deshaun Watson back is going to be a huge upgrade. Again, you may see some surprise from the from the uh, Browns this season. Yeah, let's uh, go over to the division, the AFC West, probably the best division in football. I would say right now, yeah, I would say the AFC West is the best division in football. I think we got a treat with seeing Herbert and, and Carr, and that's just going to be the tip of the ice. I mean, you know, a treat all of the cherry on top with eight different matchups, uh, especially because we saw uh, we'll get into Patrick Mahomes in a second and Chiefs. But Herbert and Carr, fun, entertaining. I think the Chargers, that's just what they do, right? It's a 425, it's a Thursday night, it's a Sunday night, and the Chargers delight you with fun football Justin Herbert has a hose up for an arm, and they have weapons everywhere. Their defense does enough to, like, really think that the game's put away, but then the game's not really put away. It's a charge your way, right? They were fun, though. Exactly. And the big thing about it is that what separated Herbert, what won the game for the Chargers, is the lack of mistakes. You know, there Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of lack of mistakes. You didn't get a lot of support. From Austin Eckler, again, Herbert, uh, let's see here. If I'm looking correctly, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine different receivers catching the football, uh, having multiple catches yesterday. That really stands out. Again, we talk about Tua. You know, the same thing, it's a little bit elevated because I think Herbert is, you know, a top five quarterback talent in the league. Point that I'm getting at is, though, is that Herbert didn't make mistakes, had an outstanding yeah. performance. That, that that throw that he made was incredible on social media. But that's what separated this game for the Chargers. And if you recall what I said, Michael, yes, what sir. I said for some of these teams that, that aren't, you know, up there as being a Super Bowl favorite, one of the things that's going to help rate separate some of the hierarchy is which of these defenses can go with what Dallas did last year, being a team that can produce sacks and produce turnovers. The Chargers yesterday got three interceptions in a divisional game. That made the difference. If this Chargers team can be opportunistic without giving up a lot of big plays, that is really what could propel them to become one of the favorites in the AFC this season. I think you're hitting all the right points there, no question about it. The Raiders... Good first game for McDaniels, like, fine. It, you're not expected to win those road games quite yet in the division. I think it's just going to be hard to win any road game in that division. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr, just a couple mistakes early just because Ingram. God, Cleo Mack, my goodness. They, like, them coming, like, they are going to, they have helped the Chargers, their pickups, J.C. Jackson. They are, they're solid on defense, but I think the Raiders will be fine. Enough weapons, a, a couple go-to guys, and, uh, and Renfro and Wall, Wall. Obviously, we saw Darren Wall get his uh, get his money, and obviously with Devontae Adams, they're just going to have to figure out what that looks like in regular season, get that together. I, and, and I don't mean to be redundant. I do think the Raiders will be fine, but you're not going to win many games where the turnover plus sack differential is 9 nothing in the other team's favor. Six sacks for the Chargers, three interceptions for the Chargers, no turnovers, no sacks for the um, the Raiders. That was, again, the difference in the game. But to your point, uh, Derek Carr, he can't make mistakes like he did yesterday, especially in, this, in these big games. He's got to be able to deliver, and that's something that's going to have to stand out as the season goes along. That is what potentially could separate the Raiders or the Chargers and the Chiefs from the rest of the division and 
separate them potentially from the rest of the AFC with the Bills is just excellent quarterback play. And we saw that not only from Herbert, Mahomes looked pretty damn decent as well. Oh, my God. Um, I love their culture. Love yeah, yeah. their culture. And you know what? No, 110 goes out the door. Then he tries to make another <laughs> number 10 look like a pro bowler. I was really impressed with Travis Kelsey and their vibe. Hardman's going to be great. Uh, he's Mahomes actually looked improved, and I didn't know if he could get better, but he looks more improved. And either him and Andy Reid, they just very much in sync to go into Arizona. And I'm not saying Arizona is this well built machine. And yeah, they're missing D Hop right now, but the Chiefs just looked like a different league of football team compared to them on the road. Uh, the the game was over at the end of the first quarter. It felt like. Agreed. And, and, you know, Mahomes had another Mahomes game. Mahomes had a game yesterday that you truly feel like really no other quarterback can have in this league. Sure, they can, but you're not going to get the same feeling that they could just yeah. turn it on to this level any any day, that, any time that they want to, like you do with Mahomes. And the reason why I bring that up, Michael, is because of the fact that that's why that culture is there. Mm-hmm. Because when you come in and you play with Mahomes, it's incredible to be able to see the overall production that you get. And the other thing that stands out about it is this, is that Kelsey had a very good game, but you have a whole basic new receiving room Mm -hmm. with these guys that are coming in play, and yet they didn't miss a beat. So Mahomes doing this with the new supporting cast around him, it's very scary for the rest of the league. Oh, no question about it. They're humming. No question about it. They're humming. All right, we are going to bring it up and – one division, and instead of talking about their games, we're going to go three words uh, for each uh, one of the teams in the worst division in football. And that happens to be a division that you and I are watching pretty closely every Sunday. Oh, yes. And we will start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three words to describe the Jacksonville – or describe their performance or your outlook for them. Three words. Uh, an encouraging effort. Uh, I think an encouraging effort is definitely there. Um, you know, the commanders took a commanding lead. That play. That play. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, Jacksonville coming back. Uh, you know, uh, Xavier Santos mentioned it. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, the Jag- Jaguars, it took them a while to make their adjustments, but they did. Uh, but they were in it at the end of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think that Lawrence may not necessarily have that sophomore leap that so many of us hope that he will because I think he needs other supporting cast members around him. Uh, but they were competitive. That was the main thing. And so them coming back, though the commanders eventually won, uh, I, I think that an encouraging effort is is there. So, Houston Texans. Uh, an encouraging effort? Uh, a, 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 a valiant effort. I'll put it to you that way. Um, My playing court tie. That game should have been won. Uh, Lovey yes. Smith made one of the more um, inexplicable moves of the first week when he decided to punt. Um, Couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with like 16, 20 seconds left or something like that, go for it. What do you have to lose? You're expected to lose. Go for the win. And, yes. and he didn't do that, so that, that, that was more inexplicable. But they were competitive. Uh, that 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 was a big thing to me. They were competitive, and they should have won. I wish they would have won, obviously, uh, but a valiant effort. I, I definitely think that uh, that Houston is going to be more competitive than people may have thought. Davis Mills looked pretty decent as well. Davis Mills looked looked good, uh, and that's our boy Xavier Santos. He was on it, and I know it was his fantasy quarterback last year. 
They've got some weapons. Maybe needs one more security blanket. But heck, O.J. Howard from the Ashes, uh, and he's always had the measurables. Now it's all about him putting together, staying healthy, and hopefully they can do that uh, for him. And once again, he was on the street last week, and then all of a sudden, two touchdowns uh, and scored in the game. The Colts. Uh, a disappointing result. Um, uh, well, I agree, and that's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah, disappointing result or uh, a forgettable start. Uh, you know, they did come back. Uh, Michael Pittman took over when he should have. That's a good sign. No, they were without Shaq Leonard. The defense was left a little bit to be desired. Uh, but they they did come back and tie the game. They, they did come back and at the very least make something of it. We'll go to the team that didn't, and I'll just go right to it. Clear co- coaching malpractice. That ah, is the I agree. For the Titans. Yes, absolutely just incredibly frustrating. I don't know if you were thinking that I was going to say that about the Colts, but uh, no. Clear coaching malpractice is what it is about the Titans. Just but I think it's both. I think you could say it either way. Disappointing result and clear coaching malpractice. I am so tired of Frank Reich not taking the points in the first half when they're there to be taken. Why go for it when you didn't – When first of all, you didn't run the ball with Jonathan Taylor when you're within the five-yard line – if you're going to go for it, at least put it in one of the offensive player of the year from the last year's season. Put the ball in his hands in some type of format. And it's literally the same, the opposite thing of what Dayball did. And he gave the ball to Barkley when it mattered on the biggest plays of the game. And then Ori just should have taken the field goal with Rodrigo Blakenship. And, yeah, could we have won the game? Yeah, Rodrigo, he, he missed the, the 42-yarder to win the game I don't inexplicably. Uh, and we we're going to talk about kicking was horrendous this whole weekend. I, 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 just, I yeah, kicking was horrendous. I, I don't know how we we got through. Wait, wait, wait. No way I could have been in Vegas this weekend. Would have yeah. would have thrown drinks at large TVs uh, just because I wouldn't know what was going on. Because I would have been in, in a stupor. Because and we're going to talk about your Titans in a second. But I'm so tired of NFL coaches. I understand there's this chart or whatever, but know the momentum. Read the room for a second. It's Matt Ryan's first game. He's not used to with all these guys. Who's his go-to? And if they're going to double Pittman, we have Mo Alley Cox as a tight end. He's never started a game in his freaking life. He's had. I just didn't get it. Uh, I thought, the, and the Colts were missing their best player, obviously, and Darius Leonard. So therefore, like you can't just depend on. All right, if we get a stop here, then the middle linebacker will get everything kind of set. Your secondary is still not very good. You don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. or you know, the, no, Like Davis Mills had too much time. It's way too much time to play. Uh, and, and you sit in the pocket. Disappointing, my Frank Reich. And you know what? I like him for culture. I like him for what he is for Indianapolis and everything he stands for. If, you know, his personal stories, etc. Love that about him. I question of whether he can understand to take this team to the next hump. And this is the difference. Frank Reich was so damn good. Super Bowl for the Eagles uh, against um, the Eagles against the Patriots. But you know what? Doug Peterson was the head coach. And yeah, he's a risky, risky type guy. But you know what? You had to go wits and wits against Bill Belichick. Frank Reich has not gotten, not done what he needed to do in those type of situations quite yet. He, unfortunately, McDermott and him are like this. McDermott's going here. Frank Reich is going down here. Vrabel's above him, even though yesterday was, you know, a travesty, and we'll get to that in a second. 
But Vrabel, you know what? He's taken him to another level than Frank Reich has. And Frank Reich's had better quarterbacks in some instances. And I don't know who's better right now than Ryan Tannehill or Matt Ryan. They look pretty much the same. And the Titans are missing A.J. Brown. Yeah, wow, oh, oh my God. Yeah. They're missing we're, A.J. Brown to transition to your team. But I, yeah, we're, well, we're I'm washing my hands right now with the Colts today. But you know what I read today? This is the best record the Colts have had after week one since 2013. And it was a freaking tie. So that lets you know where the Colts always start the season. The floor is yours. Well, the Colts' bane is next week, so I'm hoping like crazy that they uh, wind up losing to the Jaguars, but but we'll see. Um, uh, no, yeah. you, you you hit the nail on the head. Uh, we talk about you know just completely mind-boggling, inexplicable coaching decisions. How do you not go to one of the best powerbacks in NFL history and Derrick Henry when it's third and one? Instead, you give it to a trick play to your rookie tight end who loses you four yards, and then your defense can't can't get the stop. Um, mm. to get the job done. Bad time management, missed kick. It was just, it was a travesty for the Titans. But this is where it gets frustrating for the Titans in the mm. fact that you decided to trade A.J. Brown um, because you weren't able to get the, the job done. Um, you know, I, I look at it from a few perspectives. Um, there's no reason you should have looked to have signed Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry if you didn't think that you were going to have room to sign A.J. Brown. I don't think it came down to that. I just think A.J. Brown wanted to be elsewhere, and the Titans were going to have to offer him more than they needed to. But the point that I'm getting at is with this, Michael, is that without A.J. Brown, Todd Downing no longer has a massive safety blanket, a massive statue of success in front of him to hide his, his, his... inefficiencies. Ah, uh, okay, sure. The, the point that I'm getting at is is that if you lose A.J. Brown and you go as double down as the Titans have in young talent, that means that it's going to be on your coaches to yes. maximize that talent as soon as possible. The importance of them doing that are more important than ever. Yes, sir. And if you've already got Todd Downing proof that he's not the guy to do it, rip the Band-Aid off, as some said, and get rid of him. You got Todd Kelly in there. He could probably make a a bit of a difference. But I think that early on, Michael, we're going to clearly see just how potentially impactful Mike Brable can be on doing something with the team that he has. He's a very good coach. I think Mike Rabel can win the Super Bowl. He deserved Coach of the Year last year. Mm-hmm. But if we're quickly going to see that Todd Downing is not it when it comes to our offensive playmaking, when we need for coaches to make a difference more than ever, like Arthur Smith did a few years back, mm-hmm. if Rabel does not get rid of that liability quickly, then we start to talk about there potentially being a fatal flaw for Mike Rabel and that he's too loyal to coaches. That, that to me, Mike Rabel is best as a player relator, and as a CEO-type coach. He can win a Super Bowl doing that. But if he's too loyal to others that are not getting the job done, that could be a fatal flaw. So at the end of the day, the Titans had to have yesterday's game because their schedule coming up is very tough. They're, they're, the, you know, the fact that the Titans were the AFC mm-hmm. top six last year and then the second game in the following year, they're double-digit underdogs. Mm-hmm. The Bills, that that's not highly encouraging. So my overall point is very disappointing start to the Titans, and it could quickly spiral out of control for them, um, and, and embracing the rebuild may become much more clearer earlier than many thought um, if the coaching decisions don't get better. 
Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. And that's us putting a pin on the AFC. Uh, because the NFC may not be very good, you know, like my mom told me after I watched Bambi, if I don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And for about six of the games involved in the NFC, I don't have anything good to say about anybody. Didn't like it at all. Thought the product was horrible. Thought the quarterback play was bad. We yes. will point out some of the cool things. We're not going to talk about a, the rain game. We'll acknowledge it. Thank you, Justin Fields. Congratulations. You got a win. Not going to hammer on Trey Lance yet. Let's hold out verdict. There's a reason why they kept Jimmy Garoppolo, so let's hold out verdict there. We've already talked about the Cardinals. Throw the game film. Doesn't matter. Don't need to watch it. Uh, you saw with the Rams. <laughs> what we thought about the NFC West, maybe. We don't know anything about the NFC West. Kudos to Seattle. Kudos to Seattle getting the job done. Good, good, good job to them. So We still don't know anything about the NFC West because no, we don't no. know anything about the AFC West. And Nathaniel Hackett, for some reason, you've just paid a quarterback 200 some million dollars and you decide to kick a 64-yard field goal. See, we almost let you off the hook, Nathaniel Hackett, but you know what? Sean, would, Sean wouldn't let you. And he, there I, we I, go. We got, we got that in. The Lions, Eagles, not sure. Let's move on. Uh, no, no. Let's, let's talk, go okay, ahead. Go ahead. No, no. no let, let, let's don't move on. Let's don't move on. And, and the reason I say that, first off, I'll give Carter Elliott and others a, a bit of a, um, you know, you know, hat tip to them. You know, in that you know the Lions are probably going to be more competitive. But uh, so the Eagles, um, their defense did not look good. No, their offense looked legitimate. Yes. Um, Absolutely utilized A.J. Brown. Uh, Jalen Hurts, we know, can get the job done in the regular season. He's led them to the playoffs before with far less talent around him. Yes. I don't think, and nobody is really saying this, Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson. And I don't want anybody to consider that from what I'm about to say. I know where you're going. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson. Make no mistake about that. Jalen Hurts' supporting cast, though, is significantly more talented than anything Lamar Jackson has had. Now, does that mean that I think do I do I think that all of a sudden the Philly is a Super Bowl contender? Not necessarily. But could I make the argument right now that Philly, with Dak Prescott being out, and number one, how bad the Cowboys looked last night, could I make the argument that the Eagles may have the Potentially easiest path to winning the division title. We thought that it potentially could be the Bucks. Bucks probably still take that reign, but this is the Eagles division now. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that's, that's what I stand out because the way that they utilized A.J. Brown is exactly what the Titans were missing. A go-to way to consistently keep the ball moving to where even if your defense stunk, you still got the job done. That's what the Eagles did. So again, I'm not, I'm not overreacting saying the Eagles are a clear Super Bowl. Winner, but when we talk about like I did in college football, when we talk about on one side of the ball, which NFC teams are really looking like they can do some damage, and the Eagles utilizing their running backs like they did, that Eagles offense looked pretty darn good. Again, we'll see, you know, what it looks like against better competition. Um, but if they're utilizing AJ Brown as they did yesterday, they're going to be tough to beat offensively. I was impressed with what I saw with the Giants' resolve, and I actually like their coaching, and I think Saquon Barkley. On the offensive side of the ball, with how things currently stand, is the best player in the division if he's healthy. It's amazing what results. It's it's amazing what results you get 
when you put some effort into utilizing your best talent. Now, I agree yeah. he could be the best offensive skill player in the division. I think A.J. Brown is second right now. Terry yes. uh, McLaurin is a probably third. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. You've you got to get – Dayball is a very smart coach. He, there's a reason why he helped the Bills get where they got. I don't think the Giants are making the playoffs this year, but kudos to the Giants for knowing where their bread is buttered when it comes to offense and utilizing them in a creative way. Yep. Yep. Love that there. Three words. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, a solid start. I, I will go with that. Um, their offense is legitimate. Justin Justin Jefferson, we, we've had the conversation um, in multiple places. You know, I, you can't say from this offseason he's the best receiver in the league after what Cooper Cup did last year. But, yes, it's clear that Jefferson can take that step up. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, I, I think that this year he's a better bet than Jamar Chase to do that. You've got oh, yeah. Dalvin Cook, who can add some explosiveness at the running back situation. Um, say what you will about Kirk Cousins. He's about as consistent of a you know high floor guy as you've got in the NFL. Um, absolutely, the Vikings can challenge this Packers defense uh, or this Packers team for the division title, especially if the Packers are not going to utilize their defensive talents in the best way possible. Them deciding not to let Jair, uh, Jair Alexander cover Jefferson for most of the game was just a – Unacceptable decision. So if the Packers are not going to utilize their defense as they need to, it's not like they're going to be able to really do much, you know, compared to normal years with Aaron Rodgers through the air. The Packers are going to have to have one of the best run-two combinations in the game, mm -hmm. running back and Dylan and Jones, and they're going to have to trust their defense. But if they falter in those ways, the Vikings very much are capable of winning that division. But the big matchup for Week Two will really kind of depend. Will really kind of determine between the Eagles and the Vikings who really stands out as a unexpected NFC favorite as they face each other in Week Two. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Agreed. Three words. Lastly, our last segment: Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I'm smiling ear to ear because I love it when they lose. Uh, fast forward button. <laughs> That's the best thing. You know, either fast forward button to get Dak Prescott back or fast forward button to where you get rid of McCarthy and go after Sean Payton. Um, at the end of the day, you know what? I'm an avid Dak supporter. I've defended Dak. Yeah. Um, he had a great regular season last year. But, uh, you know, our friend, you know, Max Weezy, um, he points out quite a bit that, you know, Dak does struggle against quality teams, and mm -hmm. it's shown out. You go back a year ago, you go back a year ago when they faced against Tampa Bay, that wasn't the case. They did very well against Tampa Bay a year ago, but, you know, he struggled a bit against good teams since then. And, and, and you know, his performance yesterday, the fact that C.D. Lamb was just absolutely a non-factor. Mm -hmm. um, Ezekiel Elliott looked good. you you got to give him credit. Um, but uh, this this Cowboys team outside of Micah Parsons, I, I just don't know if 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 they're not getting the turnovers, and they're not figuring out a way to be able to move the ball through the year without that Prescott, they're they're just not an elite team. They're nowhere near where they were last year. No, this defense can still be good enough mm -hmm. for them to win a few games without Dak. But if Dak's out seven to eight weeks, I just the Cowboys 
good chance they dig them two cells, themselves too deep a hole of a hole to overcome to get back in the playoffs. Drew Brees went to Westlake High School, if I'm not mistaken. I think in Austin, Texas. Yeah, I believe that's right. I'm Jerry. I'm making a call to Sean Payton. I'm making a call to Drew Brees. Drew, give us half a season. We turn you into management or we turn you into coach. Sean, let's get this going right now. I'll tell you whatever terms. And start the – not a rebuild, just start the process, the absolution of having Mike McCarthy to do with anything with the organization. Start it now. It doesn't matter the money. Jerry has enough of it. He can make it up in one home game. You're not going to get a playoff home game this year. We know that. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Start the process now. You're going to get Sean Payton for five years. Forget it. Give Sean Payton the Gruden deal. He's going to. It doesn't matter. He's that good. You will be in the playoffs eight out of ten years. And it doesn't matter whether you, you don't need Drew Brees. It's about making sure that you can still. It's not about filling up the stadium, but that you're competitive in a in a division that isn't phenomenal in the best maybe group. The best maybe group that the division has is the Philadelphia Eagles offense. The best player on defense you have in Micah Parsons in the division. The best offensive player is a running back, and therefore if you stack the line and you make Daniel Jones throw the ball, you just got to trust him in terms of your secondary and figure that out. And then there's Carson Wentz who's just going to be what Carson Wentz is. And that is the highest of highs, and you see some throws that only five people in the league can make. And then you see – some throws to where there's the defensive lineman that, oh, my gosh, it really looked like a peewee game. So you ran yep. a play action and threw a swing pass like an eighth grader. You don't know what you're going to get. Why not? That 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 is something crazy. I'm not sure whether that's happening, but it's Jerry Jones. Who knows what he may do? Call, get Sean Payton on the phone right now. It's, yeah. it's done for Mike McCarthy. You, and, you and, can't roll the dice for another year. Agreed. And the other thing that I'll say is this. Is it not like when you say rebuild – you're going to have to figure out your running back situation, but we got yeah. a good start there with Tony Pollard. Um, it's not like you're going to have to do much because Sean Payton's mind, I think Dak Prescott can win at high levels with Sean Payton's mind. I don't, yes. think, you have to make, I don't think you have to make a big change at quarterback, but that, that's kind of what, what stands out to me. Now, the other thing that I'll say is this, is you bring up a great point. We talk about all these different disappointments that occurred, and there were plenty of them yesterday. Those teams that did not play a division game, the best way for those teams that had a disappointing loss yesterday, the the 49ers, uh, the Rams, the Tigers, um, those teams that didn't have a disappointing divisional game or disappointing game against a division opponent, the best way for you to be able to get it back going is to kick ass in your division. That's what they've been great. And right. so that's that's what stands out is that that's why you don't need to necessarily overreact too much. Now, I, you know, again for the Titans, the team that I watch the closest, I think there's plenty of reason to overreact. But my point is is that <laughs> even if you get off to a very slow start, if you come back and you win your division and you do well against this, you could string together enough wins while also contributing to your other division opponents not having as good of a season. That's how right. you get the season going back. If a slow start is met with you actually still, though, doing good in your division, that's how you can still find an avenue to make the season worth it. I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly yeah. agree. Any it's lasting not. words? Nah, man. It, it, it's late. It's been fun talking with you. There's so much more for us to talk about, but look forward every time we get to talk, man. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, to, to have me on.
This is the best. Next, uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you guys next week with Chaos and Conversation. And uh, Sean, Rocky Top. Good way to end it, buddy. You'll always be home sweet home to me. Just beat Florida. That's all I ask. Just beat Florida. All right, man, we're out. Gator bait. <laughs>